0: This is Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi, two of the top web bloggers in the legal profession. And yes, they are attorneys, one from California and one from Massachusetts, squaring off on legal news and legal observations. Lawyer to Lawyer is sponsored by Law.com, right here on the Legal Talk Network
1: welcome to the legal talk network we're glad you could listen today to lawyer to lawyer this is Bob Ambrogi from Massachusetts
2: and I'm Jay Craig Williams from Southern California I write a legal blog called may it please the court Bob and I write the blogs law site
1: media law and also I do legal blog watch for lawcom uh, well today we're going to be talking about the emergence of virtual law firms uh, virtual law firms really are Uh, Something had been around uh, for a decade in in one way, shape, or form, or another, but uh, they're taking on uh, new prominence uh, and new significance uh, in the past year, in particular with the emergence of several new types and new uh, uh, permutations of these firms. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about that today.
2: Lawyers are now joining virtual law firms or conducting legal business through virtual firms, swapping offices for coffee shops, and connecting with their clients through the magic of the internet.
1: So today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to talk more about uh, how these firms are set up, what are the uh, advantages and disadvantages of virtual law, and why uh, some lawyers are trading in the traditional firm for a virtual one.
2: Today, we welcome our first guest, returning Lawyer to Lawyer guest, Larry Bodine. Larry is a business development consultant based in Glen Ellyn, Illinois who's now in Tucson, Arizona, and he helps law firms generate revenue and get new business. Larry advises law firms on marketing strategy, individual lawyer marketing plans, and website plans. He is also a well-known speaker on marketing topics and has conducted law firm training retreats for law firms. Larry wrote the article for his site, Law Marketing Portal, entitled Virtual Law Firm Unites Lawyers from Five Law Firms. Welcome to the show, Larry
3: having me, Craig, and I would add that uh, I also have a virtual practice, just as uh, the rest of our guests on this program do.
1: And uh, our next guest today is Wyatt B. Durrett, Jr., a trial lawyer with the firm Durrett Bradshaw in Richmond, Virginia. Wyatt uh, is one of the firm's representatives in the XDL Group, a multi-dimensional virtual intellectual property practice uh, of which his firm is, is a founding member the XDL Group is composed of litigators and IP experts from around the country who focus in intellectual property litigation. The XDL Group virtual law firm is the brainchild of Wyatt and Amy smith Pike, a, a veteran with 14 years of professional services marketing experience who is Direct Bradshaw's marketing director. So we'll hear more about that uh, as the show goes on. And
2: welcome to the show, Wyatt.
4: Well, Bob and Craig, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Bob, our next guest is Mark Harris, who's CEO and founder of Axiom Legal. Mark founded Axiom Legal in 2000 and built what may be the fastest-growing corporate legal services business in the country. The firm's business model is simple. Match up Axiom attorneys with clients on a free agency basis. Axiom is also meeting the needs of many of the nation's biggest, best-known companies, from the largest investment banks to blue-chip technology and consumer product corporations. Axiom has received over 16,000 applications for attorney positions. Welcome to the show, Mark Harris. Uh,
5: Thanks for having me.
2: Well, Larry Bodine, let's start this with you uh, and ask you to kind of
1: set the stage for this discussion by helping us understand a little bit about what we're talking about here when we're talking about a virtual law firm or a virtual practice.
3: Well, when uh, lawyers form a virtual practice, uh, what they're essentially doing is putting a law firm on the web. You can have attorneys in multiple locations and in multiple practices, and the unique selling proposition to a virtual law firm is access. The client doesn't have to miss work to meet with one of the attorneys, and uh, the attorneys can communicate efficiently online. The reasons that an attorney wanted, would want to start a, a virtual law firm would be, number one, uh, you let the web do all of uh, your marketing for you. Uh, for me, I found it uh, the web an, an incredibly uh, effective method to uh, market my own practice. I have a virtual practice. Uh, it involves less travel. No one has to necessarily go to an office. You can meet uh, an attorney uh at a uh, uh video conferencing facility uh which attorneys are very familiar with uh, you know they use them for video depositions all the time um, and it lowers your overhead Uh, If you don't have to maintain and uh, install a phone and heat and pay utilities on an office, you can operate with a much uh, lower overhead. Plus, uh, the nice thing about having a virtual law office with attorneys in different locations is there's no boring office meetings. If you're going to get together, you can do it on a video conference. And this is an approach that I highly recommend to the law firms whom uh, I advise.
1: Wyatt, let's uh, talk to you uh, and ask you if you could tell us a little bit about uh, your firm. I mean, you work uh, in a bricks-and-mortar law firm and are also part of this kind of virtual practice. Tell us about your group.
4: Um, Well, the things that Larry said are essentially uh, correct and and certainly operate that way in the virtual world. Um, I'm part of a uh, 17-lawyer firm with uh, four offices. We have a main office in Richmond and three satellite offices with one attorney in each, and we have that for a variety of reasons that are really not pertinent to this. But w- we also, several years ago, started working with law firms around the country in uh, different cases, which is not uh, uncommon today, particularly in class actions and uh, other types of complex litigation. You'll often have several firms cooperating. And uh, the document... the document. Uh, uh, in the documents in those cases, which often number into the hundreds of thousands and millions, are on a uh, on a on a site where everybody accesses uh, through the internet. Uh, there are a lot of companies around the country that serve as the host for these. So, out of that idea, and and I, I digress to say I tried I I am a business and commercial litigator and I've tried all sorts of cases. And this past spring, I tried a patent case in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And before that, I had started talking to some friends of mine in Texas and another friend in South Carolina, and out of all those conversations came the idea of creating a, a something we came to call the XDL Group. Uh, that was uh, Amy's, Amy's uh, brilliant contribution, I think, um, where we could combine uh, experienced trial lawyers with small firms, experienced IP attorneys and non-attorneys who had uh, extensive background in intellectual property, uh, one of our attorneys, for example, has been in house with Microsoft uh, but all all of whom were were part of small firms in their day to day practice but wanted to come together in a group to work together on major cases uh, that would probably be bigger than any of us might be able to handle with just our own firms we We felt that the best combination in the courtroom was an IP professional and a skilled trial lawyer because lawyers who specialize in IP don't get into the courtroom too often. And so that idea kind of evolved, evolved into what became the XDL Group, which we believe has as much quality as you're going to get in a trial team, but our overhead is the small firm overhead structure, not the big firm overhead structure. So we're, we're very advantageous to a client in terms of rates, and that's how it all came about.
1: And Mark Harris, let's bring you into this and just ask you to give us an overview of Axiom Legal.
4: Well, um, I was just thinking about
5: this. I mean, Axiom is, um, you know, we're we're not a virtual firm, but there are virtual elements uh, to our firm. And I've sometimes been tempted to kind of embrace that label just because one of the hard things about what we're doing, which is creating an entirely new category of firm, is that there's not an existing label for it. And so you're always looking for a shorthand um maybe we'll get into a little bit why i don't feel like the virtual sort of label works perfectly for us and why i think it can be kind of a liability um, uh as much as it is a sort of signal strength um but um but just quick history on axiom um we uh as you said we were founded in 2000 we really started actually doing business in 2001 and we've grown from About a handful of people to almost 250, about just under 200 of those are actually practicing attorneys. Uh, We started in New York. We now have offices uh, in San Francisco, which we opened about a year and a half ago, and London, which we just basically opened at the end of last year. Um, And we really consider ourselves a kind of a next generation uh, firm, um, an entirely new kind of firm. Uh, and our, our mission basically, which we talk about all the time internally is to create an entirely new category of, of legal services firm and, and ideally to do it so well that we become synonymous with that category. Um, all of that'll be easier one day when we can actually put a tag or a label on that category that makes sense to people. And we're seven years in; I haven't quite figured out how to do that yet.
2: Well, Mark, you do say it's all about the people. What do you mean by that?
5: Um, well, we're, you know, I mean, this is, uh, the business of law is a uh, is one basically um that sort of centers on judgment the delivery of judgment and advice and um you know that uh you know that's i, I don't think that's something that you can separate from who the person is and all the experiences um uh both professional and otherwise that they bring to the table and um uh you know this is a i mean i think business generally is a human construct Um, but a professional services firm, and particularly a firm that's out to deliver judgment, advice, legal services, is um, about as human as you get. So we're, you know, as an organization, we're super, super, we're super focused on um, the human being and, and, um, you know, and creating a, um, you know, a great place to work and a special place to be a part of and a place that connects and inspires its clients and, uh to me that you know really every you know you can slice that a million different ways but it kind of always comes back to um you know to sort of understanding uh people and um, uh and and being committed to that
1: well, since you raised it, uh, let's talk a little bit more about this concept of just what makes a firm a virtual firm. I mean, I suppose uh, to a uh, greater or lesser extent, uh, most lawyers these days have a practice that is at least in part uh, virtual. But, Wyatt, what, uh, what led you to adopt that label, say, for, for your practice?
4: Well, <clears throat> the idea that except on the web, at the XDL group does not exist in any bricks-and-mortar location. And I'm not sure what you would, what, how you would um, define a bright line that would, that everyone would agree would separate a traditional firm from a virtual firm. We, you know, we're the, the XDL Group is not a law firm. I guess if you had to describe it, it would be a uh, an alliance of law firms that have joined together uh, under a, a single label for a single purpose. But outside of the of the of our Website on the internet. We we don't exist in a in a organized uh, bricks and mortar location. We all work. Some work out of their homes. Uh, some work out of office buildings. But um, the XDL group itself, as an organization, only exists in the virtual world. And that that is the way that I would distinguish it. If I might take just another thirty seconds to comment on what Mark said, because. Um, that is one of the critically important things to the XDL group as well. Um, when we considered members as we were expanding and as we are considering uh, new members um, right right now uh, the the two things that are the most important to us uh, are the chemistry uh, that exists among the current members and wanting to make sure that anyone that we bring in fits into uh comfortably into the personalities that are already here because we get along so well and then secondly are the credentials um we're all AV rated firms and AV rated individuals and um and and, and that that to us is critically important we want someone who's who, who's uh reasonably bright and uh but, but a, a, just a pleasant personality one that can someone that gets along well with people and who will very quickly Inspire confidence in our clients. Why?
5: Well, this is uh, Mark Harris. I'm sorry to jump in, but I, I just have a question and might lead to a discussion. Um, do you, Do you augment your sort of virtual activities with in-person uh, kind of get-togethers? And if so, how often do you do that? And how
4: important is that if you do it? Uh, the answer is yes. We have no set period of time, but we have done it twice in the in our first year and we have another in-person meeting scheduled for the early part of next month. Mm-hmm. I think it's critically important. That that might be a little bit inconsistent with the a total virtual concept, right. but I, I think you do have to meet in person and get to know one another.
1: Well, there was, a, there was an article just just a couple of weeks ago about a firm in, in Pittsburgh that's calling itself a, a virtual law firm. And, and uh, what struck me about it is, is that that firm, in fact, uh, it has a number of <laughs> bricks-and-mortar offices around the Pittsburgh area. But but really, it seems to be calling itself that because of the way that it's using the web as a medium, both for communicating with clients and for sharing information and documents and, and resources among lawyers. Uh, Larry, what's your take on on really what makes a firm virtual in this regard?
3: Well, I spoke to Carl Scheinemann, who is the uh, lead partner at the Delta Law Group uh, just outside of Pittsburgh, and essentially – all of the transactions are designed to be taken online. You go to the website and you see a video of Carl Scheinemann explaining how it works. There's lots and lots of links to uh, newsletters. There's a, a special link that will uh, ring on the uh, Blackberries of all the attorneys, and they guarantee a 24-hour response. When they interview a client, they do it by video conference in other words uh just you know they have their own video set up and uh, the other party would simply go to a court reporter that has a video set up and uh you can uh have an you know a live conversation with the person and see what they're talking about um some other things that they're doing is um they do a TV show where they talk about the law and they save those as uh podcasts and video casts on their website and um Essentially, what they're taking advantage of is the fact that um, people are nowadays accustomed to transacting business on the web, and this is a sea change. You know, people started with uh, buying stocks and bonds, and then they started do their, doing their banking and credit card statements. You now book airlines and hotels, buy software, books, rent cars, and so the, 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 the mental leap from transacting business online to working with a lawyer, is a short one. And this kind of practice works extremely well for a document-intensive practice. So at the Delta Law Group or any virtual firm, you could have uh, your initial interview, and then you would furnish the uh, emails to a um, Uh, the lawyer by, uh, you could furnish the documents by email. In the case of the Delta Law Firm, they put all of the documents online, and at any time, day or night, a client can go to, they get a username and password, and they can go to the uh, Delta Law website and see where their, their case stands. Now that saves uh, having practice law you know that saves a lot of uh, time at home when you have clients calling you at eleven p m you know that need their hand held and they're sweating about what's going on in their case and the other beauty of this um, uh Bob is that um this virtual law firm really applies to pretty much any sort of practice uh you can, can you can uh do work on wills d u i cases bankruptcies child support immigration these are all things the uh the delta law firm group does and when they find an attorney who uh they have a network of twenty sole practitioners they work with, and so if they find a matter that they don't have the time or experience to handle, they simply refer it out to one of their network members and uh the whole thing is, uh, you know, you do as, as much as possible and answer all of the questions online so that the time you are actually spending with a lawyer is not to bring them up to date on the facts, but you're discussing strategy.
2: Well, Wyatt, it seems that uh, this is an easy fit for someone that does wills and transactional type of a work, but for a litigator, which you are, uh, courts notoriously are lagging behind uh, the rest of us in the online world, you still have to make a court appearance in person in most cases. Sometimes you're allowed to do video conferences. We have one out here in California, one courtroom where you can do that, of all the courtrooms we've got. But, and you can do telephone conferences. But how do you deal with or how does a virtual law firm approach the fact that at some point in time you've got to get off the computer and get into court?
4: Um, I think the same way any other law firm does in that regard, and, and uh, I, I think that at, at least your initial, my view of that is is this, and I've been in courtrooms, you know, from California to to Maine and, and Florida and all places in between, uh, I, I, I don't think that the virtual world, in, in my view, is going to completely replace in the near term the requirement for some face-to-face uh, activity. As we go forward and as teleconferencing becomes more and more accepted and more and more sophisticated and law firms and courtrooms have it uh, at at the ready, uh, that that might be different. But for the foreseeable future and probably for the rest of my practice life, I think you're going to need to have face-to-face activities. And in any case that I'm handling, the first and maybe even the second time that a court appearance is required, I want to be there in person. Uh, I want the judge to see me and I want to see the judge because I think there's an awful lot you can learn uh, from looking at another person in the in the context of a court appearance. After the first or second time, then I think it's much easier to do things by a telephone conference. And I have found, in certainly the last five years, I have not found a judge who's not quite willing to do that. Um, so, that's that's sort of the way we operate.
3: Wyatt, uh this is Larry. I, I agree with you 100% on that. Um, and I, I, I find you do have to have in-person contact. And the way that I saw that with my clients is when they need a meeting, I go to their office. Uh, and uh, they prefer to be met there in any event. And when I have to perform some sort of uh, activity, uh, that's what a good airport and a good car are for. I just... Go to the client, and uh, frankly, I've done work for many clients where the first time I actually met them three D or three dimensionally was the uh, I flew in the night before and we had dinner and um, got to know each other over dinner the night before the activity.
1: We're going to uh, we're going to take a short break uh, at this point and we'll be back in just a few minutes to uh, continue with this discussion.
0: We invite you to visit Law.com for timely legal news and in-depth resources. From daily headlines to practice-specific updates, Law.com provides up-to-date information to those working in the legal profession. As part of its coverage, Law.com is proud that J. Craig Williams' blog, May It Please the Court, and Robert Ambrogi's blog, Law Sites, are part of its blog network. Don't wait any longer. Visit Law.com today and get free subscriptions of our Newswire newsletter with the top legal stories of the day, or sign up for a free trial subscription to one of our practice center sections. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes, thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. Did you know that Legal Talk Network podcasts are also available as CLE? Visit Law.com's CLE Center at www.clecenter.com. That's CLEcenter.com to enjoy listening and get CLE credit. A video settlement documentary can be the most powerful and persuasive way to bring about a speedy settlement in your client's case. That's 800-317-5221. Or check out our website at bostonmediagroup.com.
2: Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams.
1: And this is Bob Ambrogi. We're here talking to Larry Bodine, a business development consultant, Wyatt Durrett, uh, attorney and founding uh, member of the XDL Group, and Mark Harris, CEO of Axiom Legal. And Mark, I want to... Turn to you and ask uh, you know we started out this conversation with you saying you're not quite sure your business fits into the virtual firm mold so let's talk a little bit more about how you see your firm as as perhaps different from that
5: well I think the the, the some of the connotations of virtual firm the sort of futuristic notion of everything being virtual just feels a little cold and and, and consonant with to me with the sort of delivery of you know, high-end services in a way that's satisfying to the client. Um, I do, you know, I'm just building on something Larry said. Um, I do love the transparency and the collaboration from the client perspective of being able to sort of invite them in uh, to your firm using sort of virtual elements and technology. I think that's pretty satisfying. Um, but to me, the real, the sort of the best part of being virtual or having some virtual virtuality to your firm is keeping the bricks and mortar to a minimum, um, and Wyatt talked about that. And I, I think that, to me, that's critical because it allows you to keep your cost structure down and deliver services um, at a price point that's more reasonable. And the way the way that Axiom works is we have basically headquarters or service hubs that house the the people in a in a that you would find in a typical large law firm that support all the lawyers that are doing that are that are practicing law all of those people are housed in bricks and mortar for us and we have three you know three headquarter locations new york san francisco and and london but but our actual attorneys um, are out in the field uh typically working at the client site um, I totally agree with with uh, Larry that that's you know clients like to stay where they are, and it's a great thing to come to them, and you learn a lot about their business by being there. So, our attorneys either work um, at the client site or from a home office that we install and support, or typically a mix of the two. Um, and that just allows for a level of uh, face-to-face contact and and um, and integration uh, with the client's business that I think is fundamental to, um, you know, to delivering good service and um it's a huge part of how we operate and i would never want to make
4: that part virtual and mark i uh, i agree with that we we have of of the clients that we have and and the ones that we are talking with and the ones that we've talked with but for one reason or another have not hooked up with we have always on either the first or second occasion has been an in person meeting sometimes we'll have a conference call just because there's a need to get acquainted that way because people are spread so far apart geographically. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the first meeting will be we'll all go to either the client's location or a convenient location. But if we have the call first, we meet second. I, I would be very surprised if uh, any client uh, was going would hire uh, a group of litigators in a matter that usually has the importance of an intellectual property dispute uh, w- without meeting them personally, and I, yeah. I don't expect that to change. Yeah, maybe one way to think about it is, you know, to the extent you can make the
5: infrastructure virtual, that's a good, uh, great thing. But I, but I, I think not, you know, keeping the relationship um, uh, anything but virtual um, seems to be an important part of the mix.
2: Mark, how do the nuts and bolts of the program work? I mean, you, how do you handle billing? How do you handle sending out bills?
5: Uh, we bill I mean, all of our back. You know, we we just we basically have what would essentially look like the back office of a large law firm, and um, and uh, you know, we just we basically we build twice a month, every other week. Um, you know, just based essentially just the way a traditional firm would.
3: Uh, Mark, one this is uh, Larry. One thing I would suggest is you get a uh, merchant account and a VeriSign account. I was able to completely eliminate my collection problems by, um, emailing out an invoice and then calling the client and getting their credit card. Uh, clients are, uh, typically have American express cards at law firms and, um, uh, you know, you, you just simply type in the information and it's instantly deposited in your bank account.
5: I don't know if that would work for us or not. Cause we're, we're working mostly with, you know, fortune 500 types, but we are, we do email invoices, um, Unless we have a client that just doesn't want that, but that's extremely rare um but t- but typically with our biggest clients, we're tied into their e billing system, so we're just going to a shared portal and sort of entering our time into their um you know in- into their sort of apparatus and and that really you know accelerates the uh, cycle on which we get uh paid, um, which is still never as quickly as you'd like, given the size of the companies that we're typically dealing
1: with. Mark, how is Axiom different from what we might consider just a traditional legal placement agency, putting temp or permanent, uh, uh, staff into, into uh, in-house positions?
5: Right. Um, we're, we're, we're really fundamentally different. And I think that, you know, there's, uh, this is a question we get all the time. So, um, you know, I've, I can only now, after years of therapy, uh, admit that I, I know what, what a temp agency is. But, um, but basically, um, you know, if you think about, the way that I like to think about it um, is, you know, there are basically three things that define a professional services firm. Uh, one is um, the clients they work for. Two is the work they do for them. And three is the people who work at that firm. Um, I, you've already heard me mention it, so I won't belabor it, but we work with, you know, very sophisticated, large companies. The type of work that we do for them is the type of work that they would never entrust to a placement agency or temp firm. It's it's very high-end, sophisticated, complex stuff. Our price points just wouldn't justify putting us on a lower-end uh, variety of work. And then, and then the, the people who come here are, you know, Uh, They've been through many cuts in life. They've got lots of different options. They've typically started, um, you know, they they were educated at a top school. They started their career at an AmLaw 100 firm. Uh, Many of them have gone in-house to work for great companies. Um, They could be doing lots of things. Um, This is not for everyone. Axiom is not for everyone. But for the people who are here, they've chosen it as a career destination, and they plan to be here and, and do these assignments on sort of a serial basis for a long time, um, our attrition rates are actually lower than that of a traditional law firm. Um, of the first 10 people that joined Axiom se- uh, seven years ago, seven of them are still with us. So um, it's not t- a totally fair comparison uh, with, between us and a law firm because law firms are designed to attrit. traditional law firms are because they have the upper out pyramid model. Um, and we don't really want to trade any anyone, um, uh, you know, unless we're having performance issues with them. Um, uh, so we're, we're designed 100% to retain. But nonetheless, um, this is a place for people who want to be here for a long time that, you know, are looking for a different way to practice and, you know, for whom Axiom meets a sort of special or specific need. And And so there's really nothing sort of temporary about our people, the client relationships, the way they view their careers, all that stuff.
2: Larry, is the the beginning of virtual law firms, which I think we're probably at at the start of right now, is it the bellwether for uh, what ultimately will become only or largely uh, virtual law firms? Or do you think that there's still, you know, years from now, will there be a place or will we still have bricks and mortar law firms?
3: Well, there will always be and motor law firms and I know this because when I was uh, younger and you know, I pulled into a gas station, a guy used to come out and wash my window and check the oil and ever since they stopped offering that personal touch, uh, I really missed it and so there'll always be the room you know room for uh, a law firm that offers the personal touch the in person meeting you know a convenient office to go to but for a lot of clients, you know, the law office might not be convenient. They might not be able to pay the uh, rates that are uh, high because of uh, office overhead, and, uh, or they may need some sort of specialty in an area that's not close to them. And for pretty much a third of the population, they're going to be very used to buying legal services online, and uh, that's the uh, X and Y generation. It's uh, 30 million people who are under age 30 who have grown up with the Internet in their lives every day. They watch videos on YouTube, and they uh, have webcams when they talk to each other, and they're perfectly comfortable doing business and seeing people and transacting activities online. So, you know, my feeling is that the... um, that the wave of the future is the virtual law firm. You know, if uh we we are into, we're in a recession right now. There the, the signs are all there and I've blogged about this topic. And um you know, one of the best ways to um uh, cut costs and offer a good price to your clients is to cut your uh, lease overhead and equipment overhead, and uh, start having a lot of virtual employees. I mean, this is uh, something that a lot of big companies like LexisNexis does. Uh, If you want to visit your, see your LexisNexis sales rep, uh, they work out of their houses, and uh, they have office setups at their homes, and if you want to see them, they will come to your office. So there's, you know, a major corporation that has decided that you know, a lot of times you just don't need a physical office to transact business.
1: Well, our, our time here always goes by a little bit too quickly, uh, and unfortunately we're near the end of the program. But before we wrap up, we'd like to give each of you an opportunity to give us your final thoughts on this topic and also to tell our listeners where they can find out more about your virtual or bricks-and-mortar practices and uh, more about you. So, uh, Wyatt Durrett, let's start with you and uh, ask for your final thoughts and, and uh, your pointers and contact information.
4: Uh, great. This has been this has been very interesting. Uh, sort of as a final thought, I, I see that the, the future as becoming increasingly virtual, but never all virtual. And I don't think we'll ever replace the need for face-to-face uh, contact, looking in the eyeball, and a firm uh, handshake. The uh, contact information. I think the simplest thing, if anyone's interested, is to go to our website, xdlgroup.com xdlgroup.com. and from there you can link to the websites for any of the members and find out uh, all you need to know.
1: Mark Harris, your final thoughts and uh, your contact information.
5: Yep. Uh, Well, I agree. I I think we're trending in this direction, Um, but I think ideally we probably stop shy of going all the way. And um, I will point out, though, that I mean, and Larry's done a lot of this work with law firms, that they have very high expense very heavy physical overhead and if you think about it the great majority of the overhead they have um it goes unused and is unnecessary so i do think um you know economic necessity will sort of drive us in that direction um if you want to learn more about axiom um we always welcome that our our website is um axiomlegal.com a-x-i-o-m-l-e-g-a-l.com and uh, our main number in new york is um uh, we, we have a 1-800 number on the website. I don't know but our main number in New York is
3: 917-237-2900.
1: Thanks. And, Larry Bodine, you get the final word.
3: Well, let me give you uh, one quick anecdote anecdote that uh, illustrates why lawyers should have a virtual office. Um, By the way, you can find me online at www.larrybodine.com. It's just my name, .com. And I'm looking at the uh, Chicago weather forecast for uh, tomorrow. It's going to be a high of 9 degrees. It's uh, snowing right now, and there's perpetual darkness that will continue until May. And uh so I fled the harsh realities of Chicago, which, by the way, I love. No knock on Chicago. And I'm working right now in uh, the desert. Uh, we have sunny blue skies. It's going to be a high of about 60 today. And the way that I moved from one office to the other was I disconnected my laptop in Chicago. I don't know plane and simply clicked into my duplicate office here in tucson and i am serving my clients just as effectively as i did before
1: rub it in larry rub it in (laughs) (laughs) well thanks to all of our guests really appreciate your taking the time to be with us today
3: by the way you're all welcome to come visit if you want to see tucson i'll show you some of the best mexican restaurants and most interesting sites you've ever seen so you're all invited to come down and see me
2: well, that'll have to apply to our listeners as well, Larry, because uh, you'll probably get some few invitations on that one, and, and uh, no virtual tacos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's it for this uh, program. And uh, Craig, I look
2: forward to talking to you again next week. We'll see you then, Bob.
0: Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with Robert Ambrogi and Jake Craig Williams.